be able to concentrate on this banquet that the Lord has in store for us today. And so you will be blessed in Jesus' name. Help me appreciate those who are joining us online. God bless you wherever you are. May the Lord reach you richly in Jesus' name. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Now, how many of us remember what happened last Wednesday? What happened last Wednesday? It was our warfare Wednesday. And what was it we were praying about? Help me touch that part that we were praying about. The eyes be open. May God open our eyes. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> the slide says, open my eyes so I can see what you show me. A lot of us do not understand that at every point in time, God is showing us a mountain to conquer, showing us a blessing, showing us a trap we need to avoid, and showing us possibilities and opportunities. And yet, we think because we have physical eyes, it means we can see. Most and generally, what we see are obvious things. But God, when God wants to bless us, they are not obvious things. For, for example, if the Lord allowed everybody to see your opportunities, your enemies will block your opportunities. So if opportunities are not designed for everybody to be able to see it, it is for our benefit so that God will open our eyes so that we can see the opportunities he wants to show us. Can I tell you something? Between last Wednesday and now, there are many opportunities we still did not apprehend. Because if we did, we'll have a lot more testimonies. Can I tell you something? That when God wants to do something, when the season is right, things move quickly. I'm concerned as the pastor to look around and say, God, how many opportunities have we missed? We did only a Wednesday, open my eyes so I can see what you show me. But for me, it will only kind of touch the subject because it's a lot deeper than that. But today, I want to take it a little further. And you will join me interactively and you will understand that this prayer is not a one Wednesday prayer. It is something we must continue praying. Because somewhere along the line, I sent um, a message about a quote. Um, a, a, A distinguished lady saying, life itself is about stages of our eyes opening. And as much as she had achieved, she said that she is still at the stage of still opening her eyes. So when we start praying about our eyes, it's not a one-touch thing, not at all. As a matter of fact, somewhere along the service, we're going to see how even Jesus had to touch a man's eyes twice for him to see well. And that is Jesus Christ himself. But let me start by reminding you of what Psalm 13 and verse 3 says. Psalm 13 and verse 3 says, Consider, the psalmist said, and hear me, O Lord, my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. It means I will go into a coma that can knock out my destiny. Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. It talks about drifting off into oblivion. That will not be our portion in Jesus' name. 
Now, I'm going to show you something today, and I want you to join me in examining the Word of God, how it really talks about the people that have lived before, but it's really talking about us just as much. I want to show you how that when God sees you and sees your situation and wants to do something about it, most and generally, if your eyes are not open, nothing will happen. And that's why a lot of people think, God, why have you forsaken me? God, why are you not helping me? It is because the Lord needs to enlighten our eyes. Otherwise, we sleep the sleep of death. Come with me to Genesis 21. I'm going to read verses 9 to 20 from the New Living Translation. And this one is first a practical exercise before we go to the message for today. I just want us to see something. Uh, what did I say? I said when God sees you in your situation and he sees us. And because God is a good father, he doesn't see us and leave us in our situation. And when God sees our situation, he kind of crafts a solution, a miracle, a help. But the problem then is a person who is saying, God, see me now. God, do something. The person cannot see. The person cannot Take up the opportunity and let's read this text. Genesis 21 from verse 9. I read from the New Living Translation. But Sarah saw Ishmael, the son of Abraham and her Egyptian servant Hagar, making fun of her son Isaac. She's not going to have any of that. So she turned to Abraham and demanded, get rid of that slave woman and her son. And he's not going to share the inheritance with my son Isaac. I won't have it. Not at all. And this upset Abraham very much because Ishmael was his son. And it was her idea anyway. But God intervened and God told Abraham, do not be upset over the boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you for Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. But, Jehovah said, I will also make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's son because he's your son too. Verse 14. So Abraham got up, very obedient servant of God, early in the morning, prepared food and a container of water, a bottle of water, that was all, and strapped them onto Hagar's shoulders. And then he sent her away with her with her son, and she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Beersheba, had nowhere to go. And that could talk about some of us, maybe our finances, so maybe our love life, maybe our children, I don't know. And so she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Beersheba, verse 15, when the water was gone, and it wasn't going to take a long time because it was desert area. That she put the boy in the shade of a bush. Then she went and sat down by herself about a hundred years yards away. Saying, I don't want to watch the boy die. Dehydration had set in the bottle was empty. There was nowhere to go. They were probably even lost because they had no compass. I don't want to watch the boy die, she said. As she burst into tears. There are situations many of us look at our career. And we're crying and say, I don't want to see my career 
splintered and shattered. I don't want to see my marriage. I don't want to see my children. I don't want to see my ministry. I don't want to see my household. I don't know what it is. I don't want to see my nation disintegrate. So she said, I'm going to stay away from it. And that talks about all of us. When a painful area of our lives, we generally do what? We kind of hide away from it. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want anyone to go near that area. Am I in order? Is it true or not? She did exactly what humanity will always do. A very painful situation, you set it away and pretend you cannot see it. Verse 17, but verse 16 says, and she burst into tears. What I'm saying is this. There are situations, I don't care how spiritual you are, I don't care how strong you are, that will bring you to tears. Can I get a witness today? Somebody, can I get a witness today? Men, do we cry or not? We cry where nobody can see us. There are things that can make you. We say you're bow, bow, kunrije, as if, why did God give women tear glands and give men if we're not supposed to cry? I, I, well, let me ask you, men, are we the ones that created our tear ducts? We have like women, so men cry. <laughs> the men are pretending now. Verse 17. So she burst into tears and tears of agony, tears of hopelessness, tears of pain and shame. After all the drama, I had a son for the great man Abraham. So is this where it's going to end? Talks about a good beginning and all of a sudden all hell breaks loose and all the dreams shattered. Do you know what I mean today? If it's not you, I'm sure you know somebody. That happened. Verse 17. But the Bible says God heard the boy crying. And the angel of God called out to Hagar from heaven. Saying Hagar what's wrong? Don't, do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies over there. Bible says God heard. So when we cry God hears. And said, she said the angel said to her go to him and comfort him. Somebody under the sound of my voice. God heard. God is just looking for a Titus to comfort somebody. He didn't say go and judge the boy. Go and comfort him. Uh, for I will make a great nation of him. Um, that's the word. I will make a great nation of him. And um, from his descendants. Verse 19. Then God, no, no, go to 18. Go to 18. The Bible says, go and comfort him. Watch the pattern. God heard. God sent an angel. God first was concerned about comfort before the solution. What does that tell you about the nature of God? God is a compassionate God. Can somebody say after me, God is a compassionate God. He said, go and comfort him. And then gave a promise, I will make a great nation from his descendants. Which means, that is God's will. That is God's word. That is God's plan. But how will the plan come to pass? You see, there is a plan over your life. There is a promise over your life. The problem with our eyes is our eyes have to do with the accomplishment of the vision of the plan or the performance of the word of God. And that's where we fail. It says, I will make a great nation from his descendants when the boy is about to die of dehydration. 
So let's see verse 19. Then God opened Ahagar's eyes. And she saw a well full of water. Somebody that didn't have a cup of water didn't know that she already always had a well full of water. So she quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. Can we go on? Verse 20. And so God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness and he did what? He became a skillful archer. He became something greater than the situation looked. And I want to say to somebody, as you are able to see the provision of God, that promise, that plan of God will still come to pass in your life. Can you say amen? amen. Can you say amen? amen. Now, so the task this morning, or this evening, is that do you understand that there are times in your life when you find yourself in a wilderness? Can I get a witness? A wilderness is not necessarily Sahara Desert. A wilderness is a place or a segment of your life, an area of life where you don't know what to do. Every time you don't know what to do, you're in a wilderness. It doesn't mean that like Hagar and, and Ishmael, it doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for you. Hello. Why is it that when we're in the wilderness, we suddenly feel God has no plan? God says, let them go. And God says, I will still make something out of your life, even though you are a wilderness. Will somebody say amen? <laughs> the wilderness does not and should not define you. Any area of your life you can't get result is a wilderness. And the Bible says, Hagar looked at the boy, you are Abraham's son, the friend of God. You are his first son. How can we be in this situation? But because they wandered and wandered and wandered around, nothing seemed to happen. She put the boy under a shade and said, I don't want to watch him die. And she was weeping. Does that sound familiar? Come on now, does that sound familiar? When water pass Gary, what do we do? We break down. And when we break down, we look like weaklings. You know, we don't like people to see us break down. You know why? Because we don't want people to think you have no faith. You're a weakling. But the Bible says, God heard the cry. It didn't say God heard the prayer. God heard the cry. I want to thank God for the mothers. Do you hear your children cry or not? Must they say a coherent prayer before you hear? Mm -mm. God is like that. I thank God for prayer. But how many people will admit here that you have been to situations where you could not pray? Somebody help me now. Oh, 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 what happened? Oh, you put it into another gear. Have you tried to comfort somebody before? As you are comforting them, they are changing gear. <laughs> But God, you see, people talk about prayer. When you are weeping, <laughs> now serious prayer will be that too. Hmm. Bible says God heard and said, I will make him a great nation. How was that going to happen? Let's imagine you don't know the end of the story. God comes in your wilderness and says, I will make a great 
Not man, nation out of you. Is it easy to believe that? Is it easy to believe that? And now how will that happen? You're in the wilderness. You don't even have water. You have no hope. You have no camel. You are seemingly in an impossible situation. How many of us have been there and say, God, you can't be serious? Come on now. Can we talk? Can we talk? Is it not easy to say that cannot be God? God didn't talk about water. Can we go back to the part that God heard the boy? I think that's verse 15. Let's read together. But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of the Lord called to Hagar from heaven. Hagar, what is wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Next verse. Go to him and comfort him. Did he talk about water? For I'll make a great nation out of his descendants. How will the person who is about to die of thirst, of heat, become a great nation? God did not talk about water. But Hagar needed to see water. That's where the ear, eyes are critical to the fulfillment of God's promise of God's word over your life. So when I brought the message to say, let us pray for our eyes to be open. Now, give me the next verse, verse 19. If Agar's eyes did not open, where's my microphone, please? I want the microphone quickly. This is interactive. If if Agar's eyes were not opened, please, what would be the end of the story? Anybody? What is likely to be... Okay, madam, give her. Had, what is likely to be the end of the story? Can you not turn off the microphone? Just leave it on. Sorry? The child would have died anyway. Can you help me appreciate her? I said, help me appreciate her. You're pretending. Be a titus. Be an encourager. Be a refresher. And so the child will have died. God comes along saying, I will make him a great nation. But does not seem to attend to the immediate need. Because the immediate need needed to be solved by the eyes being opened. If this were you or you, or me. You have a great promise. You're in a bad situation. The most important thing at that point in time is whether your eyes can open or not. Should we then take lightly the prayer, God, open my eyes to see what you're showing me? Hello. I said, Hello. Hello. Who has a promise here that you alone, you will be a great nation? I don't know anybody that's ever made that boast. Like God told me, me alone, I'll make a great nation. Mostly, all we want is a family. This boy had the promise of a whole nation straight directly from Jehovah. Before even Isaac was born. And he got to the point of death. Why do we struggle then? If a child that God gave a direct promise to be a nation got to the point where there was no supply. 
Why do we not read the Bible and remember that just because I'm a wilderness does not mean the word of God is terminated over my life? If God didn't open her eyes. Okay, let me ask a question. Was she closing her eyes? Was her, were her eyes closed? So why does the Bible say God opened Igar's eyes? Somebody help me answer the question. Imagine I'm a dummy. I don't know what this is. Somebody is not asleep. Somebody is not in a coma. And the Bible says God opened her eyes. What does that mean? Anybody? How can you open my eyes when my eyes are open? Nobody has the answer. Chioma, how can God open the eyes of somebody whose eyes are already open? Technical, you're going to get in trouble with me today. Just keep the microphone on. Her spiritual eyes were opened. The Lord had to open her eyes. Open what? What What do you mean by spiritual eyes? Uh Her eyes were actually physically opened. So as you're looking at me now, your eyes may be closed. Yes. Physically, I'm seeing. Uh-huh. But I might not see what God wants me to see. Open my eyes that I may see what God is showing me. Can you clap for her? The answer to a bad situation generally is not that God has not heard. It's the problem is not that God has not made a provision. Is our ability to see. Problem sometimes is your physical eye is the enemy that you have. Because your physical eye is saying there's nothing. Bible says that's why we should not be led by sight. We should be led by faith. That's a good place to clap. Let me ask you today, do people talk about spiritual eyes? Do people talk about spiritual eyes? They don't talk about spiritual eyes. People go by what they can see. We have come to a place where the physical, the ephemeral is the main thing. You talk and say, what are you talking about? Put it on the table. You can't put it on the table. I beg, I beg, I beg. Then God opened Hagar's eyes. Can you read the next three words for me? And she saw. May God open our eyes. And that we will see. Now, let me ask a question. Was the well just freshly manufactured? The Bible didn't say the angel created a well. She saw. That's why God didn't attend to the water thing. He just said, comfort the boy. Remember, I have a promise. And I watch over my promise to perform it. That which I say does not return to me void. It must go and accomplish that which I speak. You see, I don't start something until I have finished it. It is when I finished it, that's why I'm called the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The author and the finisher. So I'm not going to talk about that. All you need to do is open your eyes. And she saw a well full of water. Can I tell you what that means? There are wells that are deep. Even though God, you may think you have a well. It's so deep you need a long rope to get to the water. This well was full. 
May God open our eyes. The kind of well you can just scoop water and drink. You didn't need anything. The Bible says she went there quickly and filled the container of water. There was no plastic. There was no need for anything. What am I saying? If you were to let God open your eyes by praying this prayer along with me. To the point that you see what God is showing you. What it means that the provision of God is not going to be one that you sweat and toil for. Can somebody just wave your hands and say, Lord, open my eyes to see what you're showing me. Not what I'm pursuing. Mm -mm. Because Hagar will have pursued the wrong things. Open my eyes to see what you are showing me. So that when I want to fetch my water, it will not be for sweat. I will not fall inside the well. I will not break my arm because I'm just going to scoop what I need. Glory be to God. I said, glory be to God. And this is why we set up the prayer. So bring the warfare prayer slide again. This is how it works. Somebody say after me, God open my eyes. Say it like you understand what I'm talking about. God open my eyes so I can see what you show me. What you show me is what I need to see. What I see may not do it, may not work. Show me what you let me see what you are trying to show me and so shall it be in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Take me back to the text from verse 17. I want to read to verse 20, but this time from the message translation of the Bible. We're talking about how important it is for our eyes to open. She could see the wilderness. She could see her son dying of heat and thirst. She could see all the negativities. The only thing that is difficult to see is what God wants us to see. May the Lord open our eyes. I said may the Lord open our eyes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The message Bible in verse 17 says, Meanwhile, while she was crying and fretting and losing hope, meanwhile, God heard the boy crying. The angel of the Lord called from heaven to Hagar saying, What's wrong, Hagar? Don't be afraid. God has heard the boy and knows the what? The fix he's in. Can we talk about that a bit? Somebody say fix. Do you know what it means to be in a fix? Any situation that you cannot fix is a fix. That's a quote there. Any situation by yourself, with your contact, with your money, with your strength, with your anointing, any situation you cannot fix is what? Is a fix. Let me ask a question here. Do Christians get in a fix? I can't hear you. Do we get in a fix once in a lifetime? Twice in a lifetime? How many times? Plenty times. Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. That's many fixes. But the Lord does what? He delivers us from all of them. That's a good place to clap for Jehovah. That's a good place. It's like the angel of the Lord saying, the Lord said, listen, this boy will still be a nation. When I read that scripture, so many are the afflictions, but God delivers them from all. He didn't say some, all of them. And so, the, the spirit of the Lord says, I heard the boy crying. He says, don't be afraid. God has heard the boy 
and knows the fix is in. Why? If you hear me bring the prayer, say, God, open my eyes to see what you're trying to show me. If you don't understand what it means to be in a fix, you will not understand how to pray. See, a need is different from a fix. Can somebody tell me the difference between a need and a fix? A want is different from a need. But some, there's something more serious than a need. It's called a fix. Oh, somebody ought to be thanking God for me now. <laughs> somebody ought to be thanking God. Listen, if, if your family has a need, it's not the same as you're in a fix. The widow of the man of God in the days of Elisha said, My husband, your servant, is dead, buried. Nothing is going to happen. And he's been owing money, and now the creditors are coming to take my sons. And that's all I have left. That's a fix. God heard the boys in a fix, but the fix will not be fixed unless your eyes are fixed. And I said, anything you cannot fix, that's a fix. Anything your friends who used to help you cannot fix, that's a fix. And when you're in a fix, the only way God can fix it is to fix your eyes. Otherwise, a fix will not be fixed. And so, he's in a fix. Now, generally when people see you in a fix, what do they do? They back off. Some people run away. Come on now. What else do people do when they see you in a real fix? What about the story of the Samaritan? They saw the man bleeding to death. The Bible said the priest crossed to the other side. When you are in a fix, don't blame people. A lot of people cannot cope with a fix. But when you are in a fix, generally, the thing you need is for God to open your eyes. The solution is always there. But you're not likely to see it with your normal eyes. Put your hand on your eyes and say, may God open my eyes. So that I will not die in a fix. So that this fix will not fix my destiny. May the Lord open my eyes to see what is showing me. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. So verse 18 says, the angel said, up now, go get the boy, hold him tight, comfort him, I'm going to make of him a great nation. I'm sure Hagar almost said, are you kidding me? In, in the situation we're in, which nation? Just, I beg, I beg, let us survive. Have you ever been in a situation where, oh, you, your biggest aspiration is to survive? Come on now, let me see your hand up. It's, it's really so much of a fix that Lord I just want to survive I don't even if you do this one for me is enough meanwhile God will not just do that he does exceedingly abundantly above what we ask glory to God somebody help me bless God for that going to make a great nation of what I need Lord let's just survive this one what are you talking about Bible says just then I like this one God opened her eyes. The words just there mean in the nick of time. 
just when it mattered the most. Somebody pray, Lord, just when it matters the most, open my eyes. Just then God opened her eyes. She looked and she saw a well of water. And she went to it and filled her canteen and gave the boy a long, cool drink. Amen. Father, let it be our portion in Jesus' name. It was not a bottle of water, a whole well. Talk about good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. The verse 20 says, God was on the boy's side as he grew up and he lived out in the desert and became, we will become whatever God wants us to be in Jesus' name. And God will be on our side. If he can open my eyes, he will not abandon me. The good work he started by opening our eyes and our understanding by even go to this level of prayer, God will be faithful to accomplish it till the day of Christ in Jesus' mighty name. Verse 19, give me the CEV, the contemporary English version of the CEV. We're talking about God opening our eyes just at the right time. Bible says, then, read that with me, then God let us see a well. You know, if you understand English, you will know this is a little, a very loaded statement. Then God let her see a well. Something was debarring her from seeing it. That's why it says God let her see. I wonder what wealth. I wonder what breakthrough. I wonder what innovative advancement is around you that has your name on it. And some forces are making it foggy. Some forces are making it invisible for you. Some forces are making you turn your back on him. May God let us see what God needs for us to see. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bible says then God let her see a well. Why didn't you pray for yourself? Say Lord today. Instead of just seeing the problems. May God open my eyes. And let me see. Ah. Multiples of advantages. And opportunities and greatness. Just assigned unto me. Because God is able to do that. It is in his nature. To show up when we're in a fix. When we have a great need. May God let us see what belongs to us. That will change our situation for better. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say a good amen to that? And that's why the psalmist in Psalm 18 and verse 28 says. For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. In the situation that I'm in. The kind of fix I am fighting. The kind of need that I have. The kind of impossible promises I have. That is contrary to what I'm feeling. What I'm experiencing. The psalmist says for you Jehovah God. You will light my lamp. You the Lord will enlighten my darkness. So that like Hagar. God will let me see my own world. Will someone say amen and amen? amen? That's how God works. When you need a breakthrough, your eyes have to open. The prayer about our eyes is not a one time prayer, it is a serious prayer. May a fix not fix our family. May this fix Nigeria is in not fix our motherland. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord open the eyes of all our fathers in the faith, all our governmental uh, leaders and so on, so that they see what they need to see. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something about a fix. What a fix does that it puts you in a, it transfixes you. The word transfix is like electrocuting you. A real fix, Omar Gossiben, as if they put high tension cable on your body. When you see a real fix, you are fixed to the root. You are rooted to the spot. You are transfixed. You can't even talk. You don't even know what to do. May a fix not fix our destiny in the name of the Lord Jesus. May the Lord open our eyes like Hagar. Hagar came out of that. The boy became a great nation. So I want to say something. Just because you are in a fix does not mean you are fixed. The Lord will open our eyes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's put our hands together and thank God for showing us how we ought to pray. I remember once I was in a fix. My son was doing so poorly in school. So poorly, I didn't even know where to put my face. Me, I talk about intelligence. My son was always at the bottom. The last three in any class, in any school. I changed school tire. How can me have a son that's always at the bottom of the class? You know what that is? A fix. A problem you should not have. You cannot explain it. That's a fix. I got, uh, what they call them, tutors who come to the house. Nothing. Then God opened my eyes and said, start speaking life to this boy. He was not even growing at the rate he should grow. When you see him six to now, it wasn't like that. There's nobody that went to school with him that can recognize my son. His height, his muscle, his first class, his Oxford, there's nothing. I was in a fix and it was my first son. So God had to open my eyes. So I told him, I said, you that I see, you're a prince. You are tall and handsome. You are an athlete. And he has represented Nigeria. He was going to go to the Olympics. I'm telling you, he has his green, white, green, um, what they call it, tracksuit and so on. Honestly, everything. And God says, this is the boy. This one you see, this is what he's going to become. So I started to speak. I sounded like a fake man. You're a prince. You're on top of the class. You're better than your mates. This and that. And yet, nothing seemed to be changing. Then somebody came to my house one day and said, Can we? He said, Pastor, why can't your son come to the school? My son goes, I laughed. You know, when you're in a fix. Hello? Come on now, talk to me, talk to me. When you're in a fix, somebody brings an idea, a good idea that you're in a fix. Come on now, talk to me. Why are you all quiet? What's going on here? 
a good idea, you know it's a good idea, but uh-huh, that's a fix. So I told her, I said, are you trying to embarrass me? I can't afford this school. He said, neither can I. I said, what? He said, we just manage. I said, really? How do you do? He said, if I can do it, you can do it too. He said, let me go and enroll his name. She filled the form. I didn't have the telemarriage to go. Said the same thing. Arranged the interview. He said, they've taken him. He said, they will not ask for money. I've told them to take it easy. The boy crossed over to the school. Everything changed. By the time he finished secondary school, he got third best result. I think he had three A pluses, three A's, and one B or something like that. May God open our eyes. He got a scholarship we, we didn't even apply for. On the strength of his IGCSE, he got $8,000 a semester. Um, what do they call it? Scholarship for a four-year course in an expensive aviation university in Florida. Do 8000 How many semesters in a year? Is it two or three? Two. Okay, times two, times four. That's how much money the boy saved me. I was in a fix. And can I tell you something? You need to pray. If you're not in a fix, there is always a fix at one junction or the other. Your fix may be different from mine. Your fix may be you are struggling to have a child. What about the people that have a child and the child is not doing so well? And the fix became a testament because he opened my eyes and sent me titles. And the fix was fixed so much. It's like the well, a well full of water. The same fellow graduated and got a 100% scholarship, one of the most expensive universities in the world, Oxford University for an MBA. I didn't even know how it happened. I didn't feel any form. I didn't know. What was an embarrassment? Somebody I'm prophesying now. What was an embarrassment is going to become a source of joy. The stone that was rejected is still going to become the chief cornerstone. Can we talk? What is this thing about fixes? That when you're in a fix, you lose hope. What is it about when you're in a fix? Some people refuse to be a Titus. They now dissociate themselves with you. This Titus came to me. And gave me courage. The two messages are like this. Be a Titus whilst needing a Titus. If somebody refused to be a Titus, maybe I would still be in the fix. If you refuse to go, you are agreeing with the devil or somebody to remain in the fix. But God will make a way for all of us in Jesus' name. Do you understand the prayer now? Are you ready to say that prayer now? Put your hand over your face and say, Lord, in whatever situation I find myself, 
you will light my lamp. The Lord will enlighten my, uh, my darkness and open my eyes to see my opportunities, my turnaround opportunities, my opportunities to scale up in life, to my opportunities to be catapulted from this valley to where I really belong, my opportunities for my life to change. The people who saw me in my hopelessness will not recognize me in my glory. Father, this is my prayer. It is so important that my eyes be open. Like Hagar, Lord, died and rotted in the wilderness. Nobody will know where they were buried. Their bones will be scattered never to have any record and so but God open her eyes. Father, open our eyes to see what God is trying to show us. So that destiny is not aborted. So that a problem does not become our destiny. So that a situation does not become a landmark in our lives. So that things can turn around and the name of the Lord be glorified in our lives. And so shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, 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 What kind of amen is that? Okay, say a loud amen for those our members that are in a fix. So shall the Lord open our eyes to see what we need to see, our opportunities in Jesus' mighty name. There are people around us that are in a fix. I gave you an example. How does a man like me have a son? I cannot pass an exam. You know, there's some fixes can so embarrass you. It just invalidates whatever else you have. May the Lord open our eyes in Jesus' name. I want to go to the message of today. and You can bring up the slide for today. And this is just for us to discuss and get into the strength of what happened last Wednesday. Today I'm talking about seeing clearly. You know, it's one place to be blind completely. And we may have moved past that, but you can see, and sometimes you don't see very well. Have you ever been driving in torrential rainfall when it's getting dark? You know what happens to your light? Your light becomes useless. It's a combination of the rain and the little darkness, and you cannot really see. Now, if you can't really see, except you're a madman, you have to slow down to a crawl. How long will it take you to get to your destination at the rate you're driving? And meanwhile, some people left before you that are ahead of the rain. That's what I'm talking about. It's not enough to see. May the Lord open our eyes that we may see clearly. This one says, seeing foggily is one thing, but seeing clearly gives one the winner's edge. Can you help me read what is there? I'm not sure I can read it very well. It says, can you see anything now? And the man said, yes. My sight is coming back. Somebody said, my sight is coming back. It says, I am beginning. It talks about, I am beginning to see people, but they look like trees, walking trees. And Jesus did what? Did Jesus leave the man that is seen foggily alone? Did Jesus leave him to be groping and making mistakes? No, no. Jesus did what? He put his hand over the man's eyes a second time. And he could see everything perfectly. Somebody say amen. Somebody say I receive my own in Jesus name. So if we prayed on Wednesday and we went away, 
And this story talks about a second time. Okay, let me ask anybody here. Is anybody here sure that you can already see perfectly? Now, if you cannot, if you're not sure you can see perfectly, why did you send me a voice note? Why didn't you send me a note or a text to say, Pastor, this prayer, we need to continue it for a while. If the Lord, like he did, I think he spat on the man's eyes and said, if he said, go away, what will have happened to him? Partial sight. But God asked him, can you see? He says, not very well. And then he did something a second time. Why don't you lift up your hands to God and say, Lord, if you need to anoint me a second time, please, Lord, I don't want to see foggily. I don't want to see darkly. I need to see destiny. I need to see opportunity. I need to hit my breakthrough with 2020 vision. Lord, if you have to anoint me a second time, please anoint me. Anoint my family. Anoint our leaders in Nigeria in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? amen? Can you say amen? amen? The person that Jesus wanted to heal did not see clearly. So Femi Paul comes and says, let us pray. And we prayed only once and everybody went home. Is there a likelihood or isn't there a likelihood that we need a second touch? How many of you wear glasses? Put up your hand boldly. How many of you wear glasses? How many of you wear strong glasses like me? You don't know my prescription. Why are you putting your hand up? You see, I can read almost anything if I took off my glasses. I'm wearing very focal, so the reading part is under. But I'm so smart, I don't wear that one that has line. So you can't tell. But if you want to do me well, just carry my Bible. Give me big Bible to remove my glasses. All the anointing shh, is the only thing in my head that I can use. If you write one billion dollars for me, I won't see it. If you say, do you want this? I will say, I'm not sure because I can't see it. May the Lord enlighten our darkness. That's why I'm using that glasses to say sometimes you need Holy Ghost glasses. Come on now. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. <laughs> Let me go to Mark 8 and verse 25, the Message Bible. I like that one. It says, Jesus, so Jesus laid hands on this man's eyes. Come on now. Again. A whole Jesus. Again. The man looked hard. And realized that he had recovered perfect sight and saw everything in bright 2020 focus. Sharp, sharp. Hey, may we see destiny sharp, sharp in the name of Jesus. So I'm talking about 2020 vision, and I've had my notes a place where there's no room for failure this time. How many of us want God to take us to a place where there's no room for failure this time? There's no room for getting 40%. There's no room for getting 60%. 100% results. May the Lord take us there by healing our eyes of understanding in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to take that reading very quickly from the New King James Version. I'm going to read verses 22 to 25 from the New King James Version. The Bible says, Then Jesus came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him, and 
begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of town. You need to understand sometimes that just because your eyes need to be healed doesn't mean God will do it in a convenient place. Imagine the man saying, ah, but they brought me to you. I'm already here. Just do what you ever want to do. Then the Lord didn't even say a thing. Led him out of town. Do you know what it means to lead out of town? Imagine you're in Ikoyi and the Lord leads you to Songo before he does the miracle. A lot of us will have said, I want to go home. May we not go, come to church and go home the same way we came in Jesus' name. He took the man by the hand, led him out of town and when he, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hand on the eyes, he asked him if he saw anything and the man looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Are things getting better or are things getting worse? Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. Underline that. And did what? And made him look up. When you come to church and you hear the word of God, you have to look up. You have to lift your faith. You have to lift your expectations. You cannot remain there. And he made him look up and the man was restored and saw everyone clearly. May the opportunities that would change the trajectory of our family and take us from struggling, take us to glory to glory, may we see such things clearly in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The New Living Translation says, can you see anything? And the man said, I see people, but I can see them very clearly. Anything you can't see very clearly, are you likely to pursue it with all your heart? If an opportunity is brought to you, but you can't see it very clearly, if you had 1.5 million naira, will you put 1.4 million naira in that opportunity? The thing with anything you can't see very clearly is you're hesitant. And when you're hesitant, it means you don't have faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, you may find out that the opportunity amounts to nothing. So, you see, it's not, it's bad enough for one's eyes to be blind to opportunities. It is also just as bad when you see it. You say, I see men and it looks like trees are walking. When you hear that kind of thing, it looks like, African magic juju movie is not a place where you're comfortable. If those of you that are not married, if you saw somebody that you imagine may be your life partner and you don't see the person clearly, the person looks like a zombie because you can't see clearly. Are you likely to put all your eggs in that basket? No. It says, I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. The day trees start to walk around. Hello, somebody. I said the day trees start to walk. What will happen to your feet? You run in the opposite direction. So whatever he was seeing was telling him to run in the other direction. May we not run away from our breakthrough in Jesus' name. Then Jesus, knowing that this is going to ruin his life, placed his hand on the man's eyes again. And this man's eyes were open. Listen to this. His sight. I like that word. You can have eyes and have no sight. His sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. 
Let me prophesy something that you will catch clear sight of your rosy future in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You will not be hesitant, you will not be, you will not be afraid, you will be sure that this is the Lord's doing and it is going to be marvelous in my own life in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let me say it again, you will catch clear sight of your rosy future. I said you will catch clear sight of your rosy future. For those of you that are not married, you will clearly sight your future partner. You will clearly sight your future breakthrough. You will not be confused. You will not be hesitant in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine in my own situation, if I didn't see clearly, if I didn't take the opportunity, I had to take a risk. I took a risk because I could see something. How do you risk the little you have on something that does not look okay? And what you have cannot solve the problem. You need to see clearly. Somebody put your hand over your eyes and say, Lord, not only should you heal my eyes, not only should you open my eyes, may I see what you want to show me and see clearly for me to have faith, for me to be excited, for me to pursue it because for me to leave everything else and go for it. Lord, help me today. Open my eyes to see what I need to see in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine your future. Supposing you're in a dead-end job and God is showing you your opportunity. If you don't see clearly, Oga, will you quit your job? I said, will you quit your job? No. And that job, anyway, is going down the drain. But because you can't see what God is showing you clearly, you will hold on. It doesn't make you bad. That is human nature. May the Lord show us our future clearly in Jesus' mighty name. The Message Bible, Mark 8 and verse 22. Very interesting. The Message Bible. The Bible says they arrived at Bethsaida and some people brought a sightless man. Ah, I wish you would study some English. A sightless man and begged Jesus to give him a healing touch. You see, to have eyes doesn't mean you can you have sight. I checked the word sightless in my dictionary. And the Thesaurus says another word for being sightless is to be visionless. They brought a man that is visionless to him. Do you know what it means to be visionless? You are like a piece of paper. The breeze can blow it anywhere. Into the gutter, into the canal, into, into, into the latrine. Just visionless. They brought a man visionless. And begged Jesus. His situation was beyond asking Jesus. Begged Jesus to give him a healing touch. Let me talk to you about sight. You can have eyes but you have no sight. It is from the word sight you get insight. If you don't have insight into what people are dealing with, you cannot proffer solutions. You can have eyes, but you never have insight. And if you don't have insight, you can gain foresight. It is with foresight, is in, in, the word foresight means having anticipation of how things are going to be. You take a position and you prosper. Anyone that lacks foresight is always going to be at the back of the equation because until everything falls into place, you don't know what is going on. Meanwhile, 
and we want to parish, want to bring bobo goodies. It is the dregs you have to wait for because you will never be in front. You need foresight to be in front. Bible says you will be on top or in front and not behind. How can you be that when you are blind? You are sightless, you are visionless. It is from the word sight, not eyes. You can have eyes and not have sight. It is a man that has sight that can have insight. And it is a man that has insight that can gain foresight. And somebody said, and rightly so, that the worst thing in life is not to be blind. The worst thing is to have eyes and have no sight. May the Lord, beyond eyes, give us sight. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And beyond foresight is farsight or to be farsighted. And beyond farsightedness is to have oversight. When you have oversight, you are in charge. How many of us want to be in charge? You know what? It's from the word oversight you have overseer. I am overseer here because I have sight. And I had the sight a long time before you got here. There are things going on now. People are building from their sight. What they sighted, they now develop insight. They have gained foresight. They are now moving into farsightedness and they are heading for oversight. May we not be left out of that ship and our movement in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What kind of amen is this? What kind of amen is this? They brought a man sightless. Can I ask you, do you have sight? Do you have insight? Because if you don't have sight, you cannot have insight. And the person that likes insight will take instructions and you'll be running errands for people all your life. It is some insight you gain foresight. You're ahead of your generation. And such people, it is what they don't have, what they don't need that others come and collect. Because you will be ahead. Let me ask you, if there are goodies on the path and you're ahead, will you not pick the one that suits you? I'm asking you, will you not pick the one that suits you? The people coming behind, it is whatever is left. Father, may we not be the tail. May we be the head. May we not be underneath the situation. May we be in charge of the situation. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the Passion Translation um, says, The man said, My sight is coming back. All my life I had eyes, but I had no sight or insight. Hey, it says, my sight is coming back. I am beginning to understand how life works. I'm beginning to understand what it takes to be the head and not the tail. I'm beginning to understand that I can be the boss and not be the servant. Somebody say sight. Somebody say, Lord, give me insight. Pray, pray, say, Lord, help me to get foresight. Let me have oversight. Let me be far-sighted in this life in the name of the Lord Jesus. The man said, yes, 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 my sight is coming back. I am beginning to see people. 
But it's just that they look like trees. And the Bible says the Lord put the eye, his hands over the man's a second time and made him look up. And this man opened his eyes wide and he could see everything perfectly. His eyes were completely restored. May the Lord restore our eyesight. Not just our eyes, our eyesight completely in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word eyesight is a combination of eyes and sight. Which means eyes that can sight good things. Hey, you know some people will stand in a crowd and say I can cite money and the rest of people cannot see anything some people will cite opportunities and you are all together in the same place and they say excuse me the next time you see them what is Salo pray pray say Lord Lord grant me eyesight and let it be completely restored in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But let me tell you something. This really bothers me. So after the Bible says his eyesight was completely restored. Then the Lord gave an instruction. Give me the next verse. In the next verse, the Lord said to him. Then Jesus sent him home with these instructions. Someone say instructions. Say instructions. It says go home. And don't tell anyone what happened. Not even the people of your own village. Someone say village people. Someone say village people. Village people have been around since the time of Jesus. When you gain eyesight, it's not everybody you tell. Because you're not having eyesight, maybe Naden Kukam before self. Hello. Hello? Do you really think a lot of people that have gained their full eyesight, they want you to have eyesight? You know what that means? You will become their equal. Do you know what that means? You can become their boss. It says go home. Don't tell anybody. Especially your village people. Help me look around and say, are you my village people? Can I trust you? No, 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 no. no. Ask the person. Here. I say, listen, are you one of my village people? Victor, you are moving away from that guy. <laughs> you know, there are lots of people around us. Some things I tell you in church. Some prayers I pray with you. That's why this social media nonsense is a bit too much. You post everything. Your village people see now that you now have eyesight. You know what they will do? Maybe his leg they will cut this time. Or hand. Because the eyes have been restored. We need to be careful. Tell that to the Titus. Anybody that will not be a Titus. I give you permission to edit some information before you talk to them. It says, but don't tell anyone what happened. Not even the people of your own village. In the Amplified Version, it says he sent him away to his house, telling him, do not even enter the village or tell anyone there. There are some places. That's how come you got blind in the first place. You talk to everybody about everything. May the Lord open our eyes to know who is a Titus and who is the opposite of a Titus. And the Lord will grant us not just sight, he will guide us insight. He will grant us foresight. He will grant us farsight. And he will bring us the place of oversight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
There's one last prayer I want to pray. Luke 6, 39, the Amplified Version. It talks about Jesus saying, He further told them a proverb. Can a blind man, read with me, can a blind man guide and direct a blind man? Will they not both stumble into a ditch or hole in the ground? The answer is yes, they will. We're going to pray for our leaders. Hey, if your leaders say, can anybody be guiding you or directing you that is blind or cannot see clearly? Does that not tell you about what our problem is? It says they will both fall into the ditch. I postponed my trip to America for good reason, but I am going next week. This time I'm going. When I went to buy small dollars, when they told me the price, I wished to bring Jonathan back. Because when he was there, it was 165 to one dollar. 575 to one dollar. You know what that means? I am three times poorer without committing anything. So, every time I want to eat one burger, I bring calculator times five hundred I say, give me quarter burger. I will drink water to balance it. No problem. Shoma, you're laughing at me. In front of me. <laughs> We're going to pray. I want you to stand on your feet. We're going to pray that Lord give us far-sighted leaders. Give us leaders that have eyesight. Give us leaders that have insights. We're praying for Nigeria now. We're praying for the leadership of all the institutions. Look at our universities. Look at our hospitals. Look at, our, look at the marketplace. I want us to pray. Say, Lord, give us far-sighted leaders. No more blind leaders leading already blind people. If you love your nation, this is time to pray. If you have to heal their eyes, heal their eyes. But no more blind leaders. In the central bank, blind leaders borrowing billions of dollars every week. Selling our children's future to foreigners. Bible says he told them a proverb, can a blind man guide and direct a blind man? Will they not both, both fall into the ditch or into a hole? We're already in many ditches. Can you please pray now? Father, in the name of Jesus. As we're praying for our own eyes, what does it matter if my own eyes have sight? But our leaders that make decisions are blind. Pray, pray. Say, Lord, from this time forward, do not allow the blind to lead us. Give us leaders that have eyesight, that have insight, that have foresight, that have farsight, that can have oversight over the affairs of our nation, over the affairs of our institutions, over our currency, over our marketplace, over our industries, over our schools, over our hospitals. Let grant us leaders, O oh God, that have farsight, farsighted leaders that will not make silly decisions that will become a, a disaster two months down the line. Father, help us.
We are here because we have leaders that are blind. Our hospitals are falling into ditches. The schools falling into ditches. The marketplace falling into ditches. Because we need leaders that can see. Ways for us. Men who you have opened their understanding, opened their mind, opened their heart, that they will be able to have oversight and remain in control. Keep things under control that we may have peace, we may have a future, that our children may not continue to be refugees around the world. Father, help us. Pray for yourself. Say, Lord, make me a far-sighted leader. That you can use me. That you can send me. That I can be resourceful. That the kingdom of God may be better. Open my eyes of understanding. Open my mind, oh God. That I will not be a blind leader. That I'll have an eyes and a lack side. No, 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 Lord. This is the time to help me. Pray for all the members of Grace Assembly. That wherever they go, we will not walk and cope in the noonday like a blind man. We will not stumble through life. We will not leave people following us into ditches. Pray for our families. That God will give us in every family a leader that has eyesight. A leader that has insight. A leader that has foresight and farsight. A leader that can operate in oversight and be in charge and rule well like, like God raises rulers. Let it be in every family. Let every family have good leaders. Let our church have good leaders. Let the church in Nigeria have good leaders that can see, that can lead the right. That can bring us out of the ditch that some leaders have led us into. That can take us out and take us higher. We're praying that the Lord will open their eyes. That they can see what God wants to show them. A way out because of our children. A way out because of our future. This Naira and dollar will not get to 700. Lord, we are, it is tough enough. Father, we thank you for the prayers this evening. We join faith, praying for ourselves, praying for our loved ones, praying for our leaders that you will open our eyes so that we can see the way forward. We can see the opportunity. We can see our well of water. That we don't die in this wilderness. That we don't roam around. That we don't keep following blind leaders. Lord, hear us, O oh God, and give us the gift of sight. Eyesight recovered. Insight Foresight, farsight, oversight, that not only as a church, not only as a family, as a nation, that we can be catapulted out of where we have found ourselves and become great amongst men in the land of the living to the glory of God. Father, thank you for so shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Everybody said, Amen. Father, we thank you. For restored sight. That which is ahead will no longer be hidden to us. Not only will we see, we will see clearly. There will be no confusion. We will not make those mistakes anymore. We will apprehend everything that God has laid ready for us. To the glory of your name. Blessed be God. In Jesus name we have prayed. Amen. If you have been blessed this evening, please help me appreciate God. Who grants sight to all of us in Jesus name. Amen. You may